0: Great, so I have a half an hour, and I'm going to try, definitely stick it to that, uh, stick to that, not stick it to that, it's, it's going to be good. Um, the last few times I've preached, I've, I've highlighted uh, Chris and Nancy, and I'm going to do so again today. Um, when, when I was in my, my senior year in high school, or, or the year before that, I think it was either a junior or a senior in high school, um, I had to write an English paper uh, I don't even remember what the topic was. I really don't. English is my second language. So Chris was staying with us at the time while he was in the army. It, it is my second language, I promise. Uh, and I didn't know what I was doing. So Chris taught me two quotes 20 years ago that I still remember What I, those two quotes I put in my face. Do you remember what those were? You remember one of them. I'm going to use both of those quotes today. They were amazing. But The fact that I'm highlighting them again, I just want to honor them again. You know, early on in my my Christian walk, I I think I got saved a number of times as a kid. But when I, (laughs) we'll talk about that later. But when I was really getting serious with the Lord, Chris and Nancy were there and just helped me get solidified in the Lord. And, you know, I think I preached the last time on hearing the voice of the Lord and how they helped me with that. And just, just want to honor you guys again. I don't know where that came from. That was totally not in my notes. But um, the one quote Chris taught me was uh, Albert Schweitzer. Anybody know Albert Schweitzer? Like one, two people. Good. I think he's a theologian or something. He said, Things that seem deep are simple if one sticks to the truth. Isn't that profound? For a 16-year-old writing that in my English paper. Things that seem deep are simple if one sticks to the truth. And the last couple of times I've been preaching, it's been fairly simple topics about hearing the voice of God, about your job, and, and uh, I, I'm here again today on a very basic, foundational topic, which I think we've made complicated through all of our additional reading and wondering and analysis and this. And I, I hope through the verses we're going to go through, we're still in the book of Acts, that the topic of the local church, and our part in the local church will become simple to us and see how uncomplicated it actually is if we follow the truth of Scripture, right? Anyone excited about that? Ugh. I need lots of like haze and encouragement and woohoo and whistle calls, whatever you need. Just, let's just keep this thing, for, not, no whistle calls, I'm sorry, but let's just keep this thing flowing, right? So Acts 2, verse 41 to 47, you can turn there. I did not make notes. Qantas, I'm reading from the ESV. If you want to bring those verses up, or if you can, that would be lovely. Acts 2, verses 41 to 47. And it's where we find ourselves in this series through Acts. We start in the beginning of the year and have had a few little breaks in between. And what this is, it's, it's the New Testament church, kind of the first view we have of what a New Testament spirit-filled church looks like. And because it's kind of the first time in the New Testament that, you know, the idea of this church and this gathering comes up in its its new form, we need to pay a lot of attention to what is being said in here. Um, So just for the context, uh, Jesus had just been ascended and he uh, was ascended up to heaven. And he told uh, his followers, and about 120 of them, wait in the upper room for the Holy Spirit. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, you'll receive power and, you know, all this stuff. So that's what they did. They were waiting in the upper room. Holy Spirit came down, baptized this group, 120 people. Half of what, maybe half of what is here, 120 people praying together, waiting on the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit came down and filled them. and. Paul, uh, Peter stood up and explained to people because it was weird. It was looking funny. Everyone was wondering what's going on and he explained to them from the scriptures what was going on and signs and wonders were happening and people were getting saved and then enter into verse 41. So those who received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Not that month or that season or that year. That day After this outpouring of the Holy Spirit, this New Testament church was formed, boom, 3,000 people. That's about three of these halls together in one day. Isn't that cool? (laughs) Woo! Yay! Verse 42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Verse 42 is where we're going to spend our time. Let me just read this portion. Further, "...and all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and their belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as anyone had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts." And praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day, even more, those who were being saved. Isn't that an incredible passage, uh, chapter, paragraph of what happened when this New Testament spiritual church was born into, into scriptures or into Jerusalem? Uh, So we're going to spend a few weeks with these seven or eight verses that we had up here. There's just so much to go through here. I'm going to focus on verse 41 and verse 42 today. Uh, Verse 41 said, so those who received his word, his was Peter. Peter was preaching, explaining everything, were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Wouldn't you say that was a pretty successful evangelistic day, right? 3,000 people, one sermon, Boom, let's have more of that. Uh, But remember, it started with 120 people, exploded to 3,000. And the Holy Spirit was getting, you know, all these things are happening. And and these people got saved. But thankfully, verse 42, we're going to see it didn't stop with people getting baptized. Right? It went further, and it said, uh, it didn't stop there. But but before I read verse 42, I want to go to Matthew 28, verse 19. Often we can think that our our purpose and our point of what we're doing here is to get people saved or baptized, right? Get saved, get baptized, good, you're done. Jesus' commission to us as a church and as a people wasn't to get people baptized, it was make disciples of all people, right? You remember that? Matthew 28 verse 19 says, Go therefore, and this is Jesus talking, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Here it goes. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always till the end of the age. Jesus' commission to us is to make disciples of all people. How? By teaching them to observe everything that Jesus had commanded. This, again, maybe we think it's a bit complicated. How do you do all this? It's really simple. Verse 42 in Acts tells us how to do that. It says, They devoted themselves to apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. I think the apostles' teaching is, uh, you know, at that time they didn't have the New Testament. They only had the Old Testament when, when this just happened. The New Testament came as, as this was going on and the church was growing. Um, the apostles were unpacking for them what the Old, Old Testament meant what Jesus had taught them, how Jesus helped them interpret what was going on in the Old Testament, and how it was all leading up to this day where Jesus had come, saved them, went up to heaven and brought the Holy Spirit down. He was just unpacking it all. So really, they were being discipled by hearing the words of Jesus. These apostles, the initial apostles, were all eyewitnesses to what Jesus had done. So they were doing what Jesus said by discipling, right, because these people were devoted to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. And then, so here's my point. I think discipleship, dis- discipleship happens through us being together, through doing life together, through teaching, keeping Jesus central, and through praying. That's what I think verse 42 is going to show us. Um, I believe that, and I think scripture teaches that the way we fulfill the commission of making disciples of all people is through the local church right? Because think about it this way. It's a bit of a logical progression here. It's one thing to go into Africa, where I'm from, and to preach and have a nice crusade, and a lot of people get saved, right? That's one thing. But then you leave, and if there's no really structure or foundation or local churches that were worked with in that area, what happens to these people is they're left there, okay, now I'm saying now I believe, now what? Now what do I do? Right? Many of them can receive a Bible. Let's just play this out a little bit. Maybe they can learn a little bit and they, you know, read through it. But what if they don't quite understand what this means? Remember, Jesus spent three years teaching people what the Old Testament meant, what his plan was, you know? So here's your guy sitting saved. He's happy. Yes, he'll get into heaven. He believes in Jesus. But what now? What, what do I do with that? So unless that new believer or that group of new believers that were saved and, let's say, baptized at that crusade, unless they're knitted into a local church, I don't believe they can effectively be discipled as Jesus asked us to do. You see what I mean? So, what is our mission? It's to make disciples. How are we going to do that? I believe it's through planting churches or establishing or strengthening churches all over the world in every town, in every city, in every village, in every little community, right? Not because we want a big network of churches and see what we've done, but so that everyone who gets saved there and hears the great message of Jesus can be discipled and devote themselves to the teaching and to fellowship and to breaking bread with one another and through prayer. See the simplicity of it, right? Who's going to go plant a church? Come on. Good. So... I want to just talk about this verse again they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching first point they devoted themselves right not they were herded not they were manipulated into coming in not they were begged or what they devoted themselves they met Jesus they found Jesus they found what their hearts have been looking for what their spirits have been longing for and they devoted themselves willingly to this community of believers, right? So, this is a voluntary decision. They devoted themselves. I, I want to encourage you, see to it that, and I'm going to get quite practical today, but see to it that you aren't here today because you feel compelled to do it or be, because you feel you haven't been to a church in a long time. Devote yourself to being here and being here, right? Right? Good, good. Devotion is not a feeling. right? It's a decision. It's a decision to devote, to be wholeheartedly devoted. I think I'm making my point, right? But it's not a, it's not a feeling. And I encourage you, your, your commitment here, and I'm going to talk about this local church because I love this church and I think it's the best church in the city. But wherever God is leading you to be, I'm not trying to say you have to join this church. I'm trying to say join a local church and devote yourself to being there wholeheartedly. Good? I think I'm preaching to the choir here, but in case there's one or two of you. In uh, in case you can tell your friends, right? All right, good. Secondly, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. This really was a learning church. Just because the Holy Spirit had filled them... And they'd seen amazing things. And they were maybe praying for people and people getting healed and shadows were healing people. Just because that doesn't happen, because that happened, doesn't mean we continue, we don't continue to learn. Continue to dig through scriptures. Learn from one another. Learn about, about this. Learn about that. Learn about parenting. Learn about marriage. Learn about evangelism. How do I share my faith? Learn about what it means to really understand the scripture. What does it mean to... Uh, be a, you know, so keep learning, uh, and these guys kept learning. The apostles' teaching, as I was, say, was saying, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. These were uh, this was before the New Testament was there. So you know, a lot of my conservative friends would say, "Okay, well, they put that all down on paper, and now we have the New Testament, and they devoted themselves to now. What we have to do is devote ourselves to the New Testament. Good, yeah, agree, very good, nice, and that is the Bible, that is the Scripture, but God still continues to talk to us today, in our spirits, through the Bible, through prophetic words. God continues to speak through the apostolic ministry. As um, Chris was sorry, sorry, Chris, where are you? I was looking for your, There you are. As Chris was saying, God continues to teach us and speak to us through apostolic ministry today. Again, for my conservative friends, nothing is going to contradict or can contradict Scripture. Just get that out there. But be assured that the Lord still speaks to us today. So how do we apply this verse? They, they, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Devote yourself to what is being taught here, what is being taught when, when we bring people in, or you go to a conference. You know, We have the um, Equip conference the end of August coming up in uh, Denver. Go there. Devote yourself to hearing what these apostolic men and women are saying and see what is the Lord saying to you, so that we can together as a group and as a people learn and grow together. Yeah, is that exciting for anybody? Yeah. Hey. Right. And and you know th- there is something to be said about sitting here when Terry is speaking. You know, being here and you know being in the room. There's an anointing that happens in this room, and an impartation, I believe, that happens in this room as he speaks or as he prays for us. It's, it's okay to, to listen to it on the podcast uh, and to read his notes. Th- that's all good. And you'll gather a lot of the information. But it's so much more beneficial to sit at the feet of these people who are teaching because we're not just, they're not just communicating information. They're communicating our hearts. They're communicating um, an anointing of what they're walking with which we can, we can learn from and glean from. Good? Yep. All right. Um, I'm not saying anyone isn't doing this. I'm just encouraging us to keep, keep devoted and keep going. Amen. Amen. Good. Next. So they, they devoted themselves. They devoted themselves. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to fellowship. Fellowship, I think the Greek word is Koinonia which there used to be a band in South Africa. Remember? Koinonia? You know that one. Remember? Wasn't that a Durban band or something? Anyway. Um, <laughs> ko- koinonia means sharing. A, a common, uh, there's a commonality in their togetherness. I hate using that word. But you know what I mean. It's, uh, there is a common coming together. That's what the fellowship is about. It's not just a social club. It's not just um, it's nice because you like two people here. There's a commonality of being together and in fellowship. I want to encourage you guys that really partaking in the fellowship of this church means being part of it, building friendships, building your networks and your friends and your relationships and praying with people, having accountability with people. And it's way more than just coming here and sitting close to that section because you always sit there and you know the two or three people around you on a Sunday morning. It's way more than, the fellowship is way more than a Sunday morning thing Or even a Sunday and Thursday night, twice a month kind of thing. It is a fellowship. It is a being together. And this is what, uh, these were marks of the New Testament church. The spiritual New Testament church, I believe these should be marks of our church. Yeah? Now, I want to say, I know if you're new here, or you're kind of new here, maybe you're saying it's really hard to break into the social groups, you know that group always sits over there, and you know I tried to sit close to them once, and I took one of their chairs one time, and they looked at me really badly, so i 'm not doing that again, so that 's why i 'm sitting there. It, I get it. It is hard when you're when you 're new into a community and and I wish we all did it better. I wish I did it better. Maybe I wish I wasn't so comfortable with my friends that I could, you know, step aside and, you know, have another person stand with us. Um, we, we should all do better at that. But I want to encourage you, if you're new here, press M. Press in, Be front-footed, right? If, if you're not getting invited out for lunch, invite someone out for lunch, right? Look at who's cool, get them, and then all their friends will also come with. And it's like, you know, no. Don't forget, forget that, strike that. But, but, but find someone that you think, hey, I think I have something in common with that person, invite them out, and then you've got one down, you know, and then next week, the next one. Um, let's make, let's make, uh, uh, let's us, our, our, uh, our uh, people have been here forever, uh, been here for a long time. Let's be a bit more open-minded about new people. I know his hair looks weird. I know, maybe he doesn't smell that great. I know, but but do it. And we're going to learn the joy and the, the richness of new people in our groups and new people in our fellowships and our community. Yeah? Right. I think you all smell fantastic. I really do. Uh. Next, they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. Now, it's very weird. I read a few theological books this this week. They said... Um, this has been an ongoing heated debate and discussion over many, many hundreds of years. What this breaking of bread meant. Really? Can't we, like, anyway. Some people think it's, they just had meals together. Other people think it's communion. Right? I think it's both. Can't we all just get along? Right? Um, Breaking of bread so these people will signify, obviously, the communion just happened. Uh, the, the Last Supper just happened. Jesus broke his bread. So they'll know that imagery. But later on, you can see in the verses that will be covered later, they shared food together and they were all generous together. To me, breaking of bread goes with this fellowship thing. They were eating together, right? Physically eating, breaking bread together, and keeping Jesus at the forefront of their fellowship, Right? If you're going to have a meal together and you've got a bottle of wine there and, you know, Kathy made a nice French loaf, you can have wine. Yes, you can. French wine. And there's a nice French loaf and you get to the end of your meal, why not break bread and have grape juice, Uh, you know, and and remember Jesus in your conversation. Let our conversations be filled and be salted with the things that God is doing in, in our midst. Amen? So like I said, this is going to be very complicated. Um, Right, and the last thing it says, they devoted themselves to prayer. This really was a praying church. And our church, we're modeling ourselves after this every first, second, and third Wednesday of every month. We have a prayer meeting. It's one hour long. Come, church, if you're not coming, come. It's one hour a week, three Wednesdays a month. Come, This this is a church that needs to be together praying and i'm glad that you pray at home and i'm glad that you do that all there on your own but this is a corporate there's a corporate anointing and a corporate calling on praying together this church this says they were devoted to prayers they were devoted to praying together and we need to be devoted to praying together and we'll see the fruit that comes from that sort of thing all right so next quote mr Chris. Uh, man is not an island unto himself, but part of a whole. Therefore, what affects one affects all. Martin Luther King, right? But I think someone else also said it. Martin Luther King definitely said that. What? John Dunn, okay? Is he a baseball player? It's Adam Dunn, right? Man is not an island unto himself but part of a whole. Therefore, what affects one, affects all. We're talking about the local church. We're talking about our walk with the Lord. And I want to say this in this context. You are not an island unto yourself, but you are a part of a whole. Therefore, what affects you affects me because we are in this community together, right? Steve's been saying this a few weeks now that, you know, it just sucks to eat alone, right? And, you know, it's fun to be together and do these things together. But I want to say it's so it is so deep. What affects you affects all of us. Where you fail, we fail. Where you succeed, we succeed. Where you have a testimony, keep it to yourself, and we are the worst for it. Amen. See what I'm saying? So we're in this local church, and I want to encourage you to see this church. If this is where you're gonna be, if you have another church and you're just visiting. See that local church, but for the most of you, see this local church as a place where God has called you to be a member, to be a part, to be a part of this body, to be an integral cog in the machine, to be the solution to the problems, not the pointer-outer of the problems. You are a part of this community. If God has brought you here for you students, if you're here nine months of the year, for nine months, make this your church. Make this your church. I get, you know, you're all going to your homes and one day you're going to find a career and, and go wherever that is. But for this time, be committed here because what affects you benefits all of us. Amen? So I wanted to share a few different examples or maybe some unhelpful approaches that we have. If you're here and you're struggling with the idea of local church and you've been coming a lot, but you don't get what I'm saying. You don't get like... Why is it important, this fellowship thing? And I haven't really benefited from, from this or that. You know, that sounds like a cool community, but I don't, it doesn't feel like that to me. So I think there's a few approaches that we bring to anything, but let's apply this to local church today. One is renting versus owning, right? You've all done one or the other at some point in your life. Think about it. A renter is limited has a limited interest in looking after the property, he's only really interested in looking after the property as much as it benefits him or her. Right? So if your shower leaks, sure, you're going to be interested in that because it benefits you. But if there's something wrong with the foundation and you can't, you know, that little crack doesn't really bother you because you put a picture up there, you don't, you know, you don't really, you get what I'm saying? An owner fixes things for the long haul. Yeah. So a renter, just as much as it affects you, that's all you really care about. An owner is interested in the whole thing being healthy and being put together, right? A renter calls the owner or the landlord when, when there are issues, right? An owner doesn't have a landlord to call. Uh, an owner calls his plumber or f- goes on YouTube to figure out how to put a dishwasher in. Me, I did that. Uh, an owner, you know, depending on your resource to... Free flowing cash, uh, either you call someone to fix it because you it's your house, or you learn how to fix it and you buy some tools and you become a handyman. You have an, a vested interest in that home because you are an owner. A renter, only as much as it affects you, right? A renter pays the asking price and not a penny more, right? An owner puts extra into his mortgage to pay it off quicker and buys good, uh, good plumbing things because it doesn't want to break in five years. So let's buy the good pipes. You're investing in that house. Whereas the renter just, just pays what you have to, right? Okay. Are you renting here in this church? Is that your approach to this church? Are you, are you secure knowing that God has placed you in this community? When you see something broken... Do you put your arms back and, you know, call one of the elders and say, hey, there's a, there's a thing there. Take care of that, you know. Or do you say, hey, this is my church. I, they don't have enough uh, teachers helping and groundbreakers. I'm not doing anything. I can do that. You know, I can, you're, you're taking an ownership of this body. Do you see what I'm saying? So are you a renter or are you an owner here? And I have no one in mind right now, I promise. Um, When you see something broken, I I wrote here, you know, get your hands a little dirty and fix it, right? Let's not be so above it and say, oh, well, that church, you know, I saw who they let on stage and she was wearing that. I'm getting another church. Like, you know what I'm saying? It happens, trust me. All right. Dating versus marriage. Let's use another little example. Uh, When you're dating, you're kind of just checking things out, which is fine, right? You're just kind of checking things out. When you're married, you've made a commitment. Right? Let's just let's just know where we are in this spectrum. Vanessa. <laughs> when you're dating, when things go tough, you find another one. Right? Yeah. If it's tough when you're dating, imagine how it's going to be when no. when you're married, when you're married, when the going goes tough, you have nowhere to go. So you dig deep and you get to the issues and you know what you grow in your relationships together right um, when you're dating it's all a little superficial you have your best deodorant on your best clothes at all time and you know there's nothing that that comes out of you that's unsightly or uns- and <laughs> you know you're you're always you're always put your best foot forward right when you're married you get a little bit more real right no you you get a little real the walls drop but you let your spouse in right you really let them into who you are when you're dating there's some things you'll let them in later right or if they let you in a little too soon you're like oh no thank you okay um so are you dating this community are you still dating this community which is fine I dated before I got married. So it's, it's fine to date it, but don't date too long, right? Because it gets a little weird if you're dating for too long. Commit. If you're going if to, if you've been dating for a little while, and this is not marriage advice, but take it if you want, uh, and, and it's been too long and you're not quite that keen on her, you know what, end it and move on. Find someone that you can commit to. I mean it with this church as well. If you've been coming here for five years and you're just still not quite sure, you know what? Go somewhere else. Find another church where you can be committed and be part of the whole. I hope you all stay. I really do. But (laughs) stop dating is what I'm saying, right? Let the dating period be over and then commit, right? And unlike marriage, you're not committing here for the rest of your life, right? You're committing here for this season. Marriage is for the rest of your life. For, for committing to this church, it's for this season. It's saying, as long as I'm here, as long as God has me here, I am going to be part of this community. Yeah? Good. Um, good. All right. Last one. Are you a, co- are you a customer uh, slash consumer or are you a member? And I think we get this here in America, right? Uh, a customer or a consumer, you look to be entertained. A member, a family member, becomes the entertainment, right? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Try kids, right? Uh, a, a customer gets customer rewards for good behavior. A member, the reward is being part of it. The reward is seeing the growth. The reward is finding joy in the fellowship and the relationship that we have. Uh, a customer looks to see what he or she can get out of it. And a member looks to see what he or she can put into it for the long-term success and health of the, of the community. And this is a tough one, but I, I want to encourage you, are you still a consumer here? Or are you a participating, contributing member of this church? And only you're really going to know. Right? It's not for me to point anyone out. Um, you come on a Sunday, just drop your kids off, worship, get fed, and then leave, and, and that's the end of it? Are you giving of yourself do you come to church saying lord what are you saying to me that i can bless this community with what gift have you given me that i can bless this church with right is that are those the questions so i'm going to finish now but i want to say two main thoughts i had here is this is the vision what we were talking about today this is the vision of the church that we should be looking for and and striving and asking the lord to have here a New Testament-based, spiritual church where we are devoted to the teaching that God is giving us. We're devoted to fellowship with one another, warts and all. We're devoted to the breaking of bread, keeping Jesus first, and having one another in our homes. And we're devoted to prayer. This is a spiritual, Jesus-centered community that we need, right? And secondly, each one of us need to get to the point where not anyone else tells you but you need to say or you need to be confident that people can say of you she devoted herself he devoted himself to that church and to what they were doing there do you do you feel it can be said of you you know if 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 some of these examples i've been using if you think you're still dating you're still checking it out or you know you're still renting space here or you know you're just coming here for the goods Ask the Lord, is that me? And how do I move beyond that into being part of the blessing that God wants to be to this community and therefore the city as well? Amen. Amen. Can I pray? All right. I'm going to pray real quick. Father, I, I thank you, Lord, for this very, very simple, simple thought here, Lord. But an incredible vision, Father, of what your church could look like in this city and father i pray lord that you speak to me father and speak to each one of us here where we have been sitting on the outside sitting on this on the on the side just kind of looking in father that you would help us get to the point where we can devote ourselves to what you are calling us to lord and, and and get out of neutral and into first gear and second gear and moving forward into what you have for us father without any condemnation lord because you don't condemn. You don't, you don't bring that condemn, condemnation on us, Lord. You bring love and acceptance on us. And I pray in that spirit, Lord Jesus, we would be able to make these decisions today. To come closer and knit closer into this community. As your gift to us. And your gift to this city. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone.
1: Thank you, Dave. That's why you guys were only dating for, what, two months before you got married? I'm just totally kidding. I'm sure Kathy's sitting there all worried about the questions afterward. Um, you know, with um, what Dave just shared, and I just wanted to share a couple of verses with you guys from Ephesians 4. It said, you know, instead of speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become a very, in every respect of the mature body of Him who is the head that is Christ from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does his work and you know the things that Dave just shared it's I, I want you guys if you guys don't know Dave is with love and and you know we speak these things we want to speak the truth but we always want to speak with love for you guys I want to encourage you guys about the local church just share the truth from scriptures um you know And and one thing that I, you know, I would be remiss to not mention is, you know, today for those who are just uh, attending church or just don't know what's going on, if you felt like God was speaking to you, uh, God has laid something on your heart about whether you want to be here at a local church or you just want to know more about who God is, you know, just come forward. We'd love to pray with you, uh, pray over you and just kind of spend time ministry over you. But um, before I um, end the meeting, Chris, have something you want to share?
2: It was interesting as david was sharing back to my um kind of what were those quotes from the past i realized how intense i used to be when i was <laughs> <laughs> 24. I was quite an intense dude i remember when i moved to the states went to this vineyard church in oak park and it was the very first meeting and we went on the sunday and they had said they were doing some training that night and i was quite intense in those days yeah and this guy in a tie-dye shirt came from the jesus movement or whatever and I'm like, "Oh my goodness, God! Why? What's happening here?" And he started praying, and I just started weeping. Like I don't weep. I didn't weep before then. And I was just weeping and weeping and weeping. So it was pretty funny how God's kind of I'm a whole lot less intense. So, um, but the other place is God's, as David's saying, this on this church we have a grace for restoration and healing. I want to say a lot of us have been through some tough situations. If you've struggled in the past with, you know, being part of a body, being hurt, you know what, God can restore that and bring us back into fullness because that's God's heart to, you know, whether you're intense like me or whatever it was, you know, God has a grace, and there's a grace here for you guys to come and find healing find your, your calling back on your feet again. And that doesn't mean you have to stay here forever because God might actually bring you in here for a pl- time of healing because he's going to send you out somewhere else. You know, we're not here to hold on to people. But, you know, don't hold on to stuff or if you're feeling you've been through things that are just too painful and you really cannot come into community. God can really bring healing to that. So, again, if you want to pray for that, we can pray for you afterwards. Or just, you know, over time as you get to know people, just Become part of community, have them pray with you, and just kind of walk together. And that's part of our grace on us as a church. So, actually, Tom, do you have some stuff? Just um, this is what we do sometimes is just, you know, as you're praying, just feel sometimes God just uh, reveals some stuff for healing and that. And I just felt like a bit of a numbness or whatever in my, and I think both my forms or pain in my forms. But any of you, um, we'll just pray for you afterwards. I think Tommy has some stuff as well. Hey, everyone.
3: Um, um, thank you. Um, let's get serious, guys. No, I just was asking the Lord really quickly about um, what he wanted to bring healing today for. And so I heard gastrointestinal issues. Um, I don't know actually too much about that, but if you have an issue there, feel free to come up for prayer covertly. Um... And then also I, also, I don't know too much about this as well, but I was just feeling like there could be someone here with lightheadedness that um, could have blood work issues. So maybe you have low platelet levels. Again, I'm not an expert there, but feel free. And, um, and also, just like an, an emotional thing, um, if I just saw a picture of someone on a bicycle, but it was one of those that doesn't move. Um, what are they called? Stationary. Thank you. <laughs> Blanking out. So if you feel in any way that you're, you're like riding this stationary bicycle and you're like in a, maybe in like um, cycles of whatever it may be, um, just feeling stuck in, in, in a box, I feel like the Lord really wants to lift you up and bring freedom today. And so we'd love to partner with what God wants to do.
1: All right. Thanks, guys. Um, You know, as always, we're going to have people up here just praying for you guys for the things that Chris and and Tommy just shared. So come on up. We'd love to pray, stand with you in prayer. Um, If not, uh, we have James and Jesse out in the back and a couple other deacons. You know, if you want to come out, talk to them, have questions about church and who we are. But uh, otherwise, uh, I encourage you guys to stay, hang out, you know, just chat, get to know people. And uh, just like Dave said, just go to the cool guys and try to get to know them. So... (laughs) All right. Uh, the meeting is officially at John, and uh, I hope you guys have a good Sunday. Amen.